Welcome to Staying in the Black, a show about teachers and money. I'm Miss Black, a New York City educator, single mom, and personal finance translator. Each week, we will share actionable steps, resources, and inspiration that teachers can use to maximize their benefits and improve their personal finances. Staying in the Black means having more assets than liabilities and being able to pay off your debts without any problems. Stop living paycheck to paycheck and build a joyful life. Thank you for joining me. Hello and welcome to another episode of Staying in the Black. Today we are going, well I am going to review the book Work Optional by Tanja Hester. Uh, in preparing for recording this episode, I went to Amazon to kind of get a sense of what other people were thinking about this book. Um, I discovered the book, one, just because of the title, Work Optional. If you listen to this podcast regularly, you know that for me in retirement, it's not about not working. It's just about being work optional, not having to show up to work at any time or place, but just doing it all on my own time and in my own way. And then I heard this author on another podcast, Journey to Launch, which I've started listening to again. I had stopped listening to it because I wanted to make sure that I wasn't mimicking uh, that podcast Uh, or imitating it, but just having my own style of a podcast. And so looking, um, finding that title was, you know, work optionals, what I'm about right now. Um, And then hearing the author on uh, Journey to Launch really just made me go and read the book. So I initially listened to this book uh, on an audio because you know, back at work and I'm traveling from district to district, um, supporting principals and superintendents. So it was just easier to listen to the book uh, in my travels and, you know, even while cleaning the house or making dinner or whatever. But I enjoyed listening to the book so much. And there was uh, some math in this book that I kind of wanted to work through. I then went and I borrowed the book the digital book from the library because I just wanted to sit down, look at the formulas and see if I could do the math. So this book is divided into three sections and they are part one, the work optional life you want to live. And then part two is the financial plan for your work optional life. And part three is thriving in your work optional life. And so to me, the most important part of this book is part one. It's the plan. As they say, those who who fail to plan, plan to fail. You have to have a plan. You have to know exactly what's going on. And so... There are two things that this author, two resources that Tanja Hester puts in the book that I think are vital when thinking about retirement. The first is the 
master the work optional life questionnaire. And the second is the 10 rules to live by for financially, for a financially independent future. And so we're going to start with the 10 rules. And this book was written for people who were interested in the fire movement, the, the, financially independent retire early movement. But I find these 10 rules work whether you're retiring early or not. Everyone wants to be financially independent in retirement. And I believe that, you know, people can achieve that whether you have the retired early part. So let's go quickly through the rules. So the first rule, envision the life you want to live before you assign a number to it. That is so important. I was working with a uh, coaching client earlier this year and I gave her a really like elementary kindergarten assignment when it came to planning her retirement, which was envision or, or think about retirement through your five senses, right? Remember you've done a five senses poem or given that assignment as an educator. So like, what does retirement look like, sound like? feel like, taste like, and smell like, right? What kind of foods are you eating? Are you smelling salt water because you're on a beach? Is it like soft because you're getting a massage? I don't know, but you really need to think about what it looks like or what you want the experience to be before you assign a number to it, a financial number to it, because often we will not really say what we want it to be like because we're afraid that we can't afford it or you know it's too expensive or it's out of our reach. So just give yourself the freedom to just like envision to envision the life that you want to live. Two, invest early and often to create you know as much magic money. And when she talks about magic money, she means like compound interest as possible. And so Definitely you want to invest early and often, but even if you're in a later stage, if you're in your 50s, if you're over 50, let's just say that, and you're just getting serious about retiring from um, like preparing for your retirement, one, if you're an educator, you probably have a pension, so you've already been contributing to that. But if not, you are eligible to, everyone is eligible to contribute $20,500 to their retirement this year. But if you're over 50 years old, you can contribute an additional $6,500, which means you can contribute $27,000 pre-tax to your retirement. You might have to cut back on a lot, but if you did that for the next four years, your contributions to your retirement would be $100,000 without compound interest. And I found that when I started t- saving money for contributing to my um, 403B or my TDA, once I hit that $100,000 mark, that money began to grow like crazy. So I totally encourage you to invest early and often. But even if you say it's never too late, and so investing often to create as much compound interest as possible is vital. Create systems that help you succeed with minimal willpower. Automation. 
So if you set your retirement savings onto automatic, if you reset, set your taxable investment accounts onto automatic, then it, you will, it will be much more powerful. I think it was a savings Sunday a couple of weeks ago, like automate your savings. So therefore you're not debating with yourself. It's just coming out and you will be so surprised how much money you're able to sock away when you minimize it. The fourth one is constrain your spending while increasing your earnings to supercharge your saving faster than you will by pinching pennies. Yes, you can cut back. However, earning more is the quickest way to increase your savings, especially if you direct or automate those additional that additional income into savings and investing. So if you can cut back, cut back. But I know that there's some of you who are in a space where you're like, I can't afford to cut anymore. And so you're going to have to increase your earnings. That can be by working additional hours or getting a second job. But if you're working additional hours or getting a second job, you need to funnel that money into your investments or savings, or you will just expand your lifestyle and your spending and you'll feel like, oh my God, I'm working two jobs or all this overtime, but I'm not, you know, saving more money. No, you're just spending more money. <laughs> so really, and to increase your earnings, sometimes you, the quickest way actually to increase your earnings is to switch jobs. People don't want to hear that. They talk about millennials all the time and their job hopping tendencies, but that's because when you stay with your current current school district, you're less likely to see those increases that you would as if you switch to another school district generally, because when you go to switch to that new school district, you're going to like, I'm not going to take a pay cut or I'm not going to switch the cool, the school district or the school to get the same pay. You're always going to look for the higher pay. Um, and so if that's you know, what you have to do, you may have to do that. Then remember that everything compounds investments, earnings, as well as inflation and interest. So when it comes to interest, it also compounds on debt. So that's the importance of getting rid of the debt because your interest will compound there as well. You want the interest to compound or you want interest and investments and earnings to compound to help you not subtract from you. So remember that that compound interest, someone said, Einstein said, Einstein said that it was the eighth wonder of, of the world. That is important. Then six, prioritize your, prioritize commitment, contentment, excuse me, over buying more stuff. What brings you joy? What brings you happiness? Generally, it's not stuff. If you look around your house and you're thinking like, oh my God, I have to get storage. And it is driving me crazy living uh, in Brooklyn, especially. I keep seeing them closing gas stations and building storage units. Like how much stuff do people have that all these storage unit places are opening and they seem to be doing a hefty business that they're because you have too much stuff. So like what's bringing you contentment? Because the stuff really, the stuff rarely brings you um, happiness. 
Number seven, if you're a couple, include your partner at every stage of planning for your retirement. It's so much easier if you're doing it together. Um, or And if your partner's not really into it, at least keep them updated because with your sharing and figuring out how much money you're saving, that may tempt them to do the same thing. So just um, including them is important. You will reach your goals much quicker if your partner is on board. Number eight, always invest in your health. I think two episodes ago, I did a health is wealth episode because it is the older we get, we don't recover from injuries as um, easy. Sometimes our health is impacted. Well, a lot of times our health is impacted by the unhealthy choices that we made when we were younger. So choosing to make healthier choices um, now and invest in your health now is really important, no matter where you're starting from, what point you're at, just really thinking about like, is this a healthy um, choice or a healthier choice? And then 10, strive to live a purpose-filled life, not just a life without work. So when you're thinking about retirement, you can't be like, whew, thank God. I don't have to work anymore. Yes. Yeah, so now what are you going to do? I work with several people who could have retired several years ago and they haven't. And when we have the conversation, it's always because they don't know what they're going to do in retirement. It is amazing to me. I know several people are like this. I'm like, okay, so why are you still working? I'm like, yeah, I could have retired this many years ago. It's like, I don't know what I'm going to do. Um, some of them have also said, like, I can't afford to retire. And that's the reason why she, I think she created this book the way she did. And that part one is really speaking about the work optional life you want to live define your work optional life. She also has you create your money mission statement. You have to plan. What do I want this to look like? And take the next couple of years to figure it out. Like once you plan it, whether it's an outline, whether you know it's a detailed plan, you're able to adjust. But if you don't start thinking about it, you get to that number and usually like, oh my God, I can't wait till I get to it. Well, can't wait till I get to it. And you get there and you're like, I don't know what I'm going to do next or what I want to do next. Um, and so that part is really important. The second part of the book is called the financial plan for your work optional life. And so she takes you through... Um, you know, investing to fund your, your, for your future. She, like many other people, look at a really good index fund. They average, the S&P averages five to 10% a year in gains. And so if you did something as simple as an S&P 500 uh, targeted or index fund, you would be good to go. Um, you have lots of investment options. You have real estate. You have all these other things, but being clear that you invest. The next thing is permanently um, plan permanently for your biggest comfort. And your biggest comfort is your shelter and your health care. So will you be downsizing, You know, selling your current home? Will you 
stay and age in place in your home? And is it prepared for you to, um, is it set up in such a way that you can age in place and stay in this, in your current home? Like mine has steep stairs, um, as a brownstone, um, I have a clawfoot tub that I love, but I have to step into it. I'm able to do it now, but will I be able to do it at 80? I don't know, right? And so really just thinking about like, if you're deciding to age in place, what options or things you need to do in your home? Um, how do you plan for that? And the other thing is healthcare. If you retire as an educator, generally your healthcare, you maintain your healthcare depending on where you work. In New York City, we definitely keep our healthcare and um, the job pays for our plan B deductible. So, you know, we're, we're very fortunate um, as New York City educators when it comes to healthcare. But if you are not that fortunate, have you started to cost out what healthcare insurance would um cost you and it goes back to uh, the um, 10 rules for um, to live by when you talk about number eight, always invest in your health. You have to invest in your health. And in preparing for this uh, episode, I was on IG and my friend posted a a uh, a post from they posted in their stories a post from a coach and his name is uh Dan Go a fit founder and I thought wow I'm talking about this today and I saw this post and it was like easy ways to improve your health and the easy ways to improve your health were Weight train three ti- three days a week, 30-minute morning sun exposure, drink two to three liters of water a day, get seven or eight hours of sleep a night, put your eating on a schedule, get a walk during your lunch break, and unfollow toxic people um, online and in real life. This is a, that's what my friend posted, but when I went to the original poster, um, uh, at Fit Founder on IG, he I went through the whole post and it said uh, it asked these three these uh, questions: Are you always motivated to brush your teeth? No, you just do it. Are you always motivated to go to work? No, you just show up. The same should be should go for exercising your body. Stop searching for the motivation. Just show up and do it. This um, post was also two days ago. Well, by the time this airs, it's probably going to be less. It'll probably be around 90 days left. Well, about 93 days left in 2022. But the question is like, okay, there's 90 uh, days left in 2022. What are you going to you know, do with it? And how are you including your health as part of your retirement plan. And that's really what I liked. One of the things I really liked about this book, because although it was uh, Tanja and her husband retired early, they were financially independent and retired early. This book really addresses the soft part of retirement, some people would say, or the crunchy granola part, the mindset part, 
And it doesn't matter whether you're retiring early or not. These are the things that you need to think about and plan for when you're preparing for your retirement. The second part of the book, uh, the financial plan for your work optional life. So initially I listened to this whole book, but when I got to part two, I really wish I had the book sitting in front of me so that I could do a lot of the math that was there. And so this section is broken up into invest for um, invest to fund your future plan. Oh, we already went through that. Oh, so now, so we talked about the, your health care. Then part, the next part is the factors that indicate how much you need to save. This is where you do the math. Generally, it is how much money do you spend a month? Multiply that by 12. Multiply the answer to that by 25. That's how much money you need to save. And so you need to be really conscious of the amount of money that you spend regularly and try to freeze your spending there. And then you're able to say, this is what my number is and what I'm working to or who, what we're working to as a couple. She gives lots of resources for you to check out. She doesn't give really good, well, not let me not say she doesn't give really good details. She does not give detailed numbers about her situation here. And that was one of the criticisms that came across on Amazon is like, People wanted like to know the exact numbers and she gives like round numbers. So you may struggle with that. That was the reason why I wanted to have the book, like a digital copy of the book instead of just listening to it because I wanted to be able to calculate like what is happening and what my, what my number should look like. And then you draft your financial roadmap for work optional life. Once you've drafted that financial roadmap, you are able to accelerate your process if you want to or extend your process if you want to saying like, okay, that's too aggressive and that's not bringing me joy to do that. Or you can say, you know what? I can actually do more as I'm trying to do this and then make your plan bulletproof. Just think about all of the options that are available there. So that's section two um, and... She doesn't give specifics. You would have to figure out all the ca- calculations uh, yourself if that's the thing that you really want to do and the technical part that is important to you. Mr. Money Mustache is another um, blog or financial influencer from the FIRE movement. You might want to check out his blog um, as he has, and everybody has different calculators. Um, she does give you great resources. So if you found this section of the book challenging, you can just go to her resources and plug your numbers in. Part three, thinking, thriving in your work optional life. The first step, making the big leap, submitting that paperwork that says you're going to retire, whether it's early, whether it's on time. As New York City educators, we have to give at least 30 days notice. Whew. Hard decision to make, but you just put it in, give your notice. That's making the big leap. Making your well-being your top priority. When you retire, it's one of the time, few times 
or maybe some in some cases the first time in your life that you were able to say like okay what do I want what do I want to do what will make me happy in this situation and that may look different you can you know look at your money mission statement you can look at your initial plan and think like what do what do I want it to look like what do I want it to feel like sound like what do I want to experience um, in retirement, what will bring me joy? And years ago, there was a study um, done um, about what is important in retirement, and your community and social circle is those is that is like one of the most important things. And so you have to be really great at you know establishing strong relationships, and then establishing relationships out of like your norm. So having relationships with people who are younger than you and older than you, who have diverse, because that will be the community that you go to, that you hang out with, that you experience new things with. And so again, identifying those things. And the actual article that speaks about this is good genes are nice, but joy is better. So knowing what's going to make you happy, and that was written um, in the Harvard Gazette on April 11th, 2017 by Liz Mino. And so it just talks about a study, uh, 80-year-long study um, about what helps you live longer. And it's your health, but also your mental health. So having joy in your life is really important and will help you thrive in retirement. And then once you make yourself prior, um, the top priority, what will allow you to say that you are living a purposeful life? You know, a lot of people, their job is their purpose in life. I was really fortunate to learn that like, I am not my job um, at, a, at a young age. And so it's always been really important to me to establish strong relationships, maintain them, as well as learn new things and meet new people um, and give back to my community in various ways, independent of my job. Because, you know, I've left, you know, jobs before and realizing, and I was having a conversation, I went to a interesting, a, a, a party. And I met a young lady and she was saying how she, you know, needed to go to physical therapy, but she didn't want to take the days off because of the kids. And it was just like, honey, you're not healthy. You're dragging yourself into work, which is making you is, which is taking longer for you to get healthy. But God forbid, if something happened to you at work, unfortunately they would, you know, say words of kindness to your family and they've replaced you. So, you know, you have to figure out what you are outside of your life. And it's part of the outside of your work life, which is part of the reason why even when people become eligible to retire, if financially is not the reason that they're staying, it's because they haven't really thought about what they will do in retirement and how this will serve a purpose, um, not only for them, but for their community, because we are social animals, and that is what 
we want to do is to contribute um, and to feel like there is value in our life. So the beauty of this book is that if you are preparing for retirement, this book will totally get you mentally prepared for the retirement. I have to agree with some of the other uh, with with some of the Amazon reviewers and it is not necessarily the best technical book when it comes to doing the math or the technical side of retirement, but it is a great book in mentally preparing for re- planning and preparing for retirement. So I hope that you will, you know, go to your library and borrow it, whether it be the audio or the um, actual digital copy of the book or, you know, go to your favorite bookseller and purchase it. But it definitely has helped me formalize, like, what does life look at look like in retirement? What will bring me joy? What's the purpose? And I love the fact that in those areas, she gives recommendations around making sure that your health is okay, um, making sure that you're thinking about not only your physical health, your mental health, and your mindset in preparing for the next chapter of your life, whether it be a retiring early situation or a regular retirement you know, situation, going through the master work optional life questionnaire and looking at the rules to live by um, for financially independent rules are totally guidelines that no matter where you are on your journey or your runway to retirement will help guide that that journey or make sure that you have successful takeoff um, onto that journey because you are mentally prepared. So that is my book review of Work Optional. I hope um, it was helpful to you. Again, Work Optional by Tanja Hester. The three parts are the work optional life you want to live, the financial plan, your um, the financial plan for your work optional life, and thriving through your work optional life. The resources that are I think will be most helpful to you um, are your master are the master work optional life questionnaire and the 10 rules to live by for financially independent. The action step to take is whether you go out and buy this book or you start thinking and planning for your retirement or take the next step in preparing for your retirement, whether it's automating your finances, checking in to see where they are or calculating how much money you need in retirement. Just take one step to figuring it out, no matter where you are on your runway to retirement. Remember, stay in the black. We look forward to speaking to you next week. Thank you for joining us this week at Staying in the Black. Subscribe to make sure you never miss a show and visit our website at stayinginthebk.com. 
You can also follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Staying in the BLK. If you like the show, please tell a friend and leave a review in iTunes so that we can continue to bring you amazing episodes. Thank you for listening. See you next week when...